Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au on Spotify, iHeart, and wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony the Bull Caruso, and we continue our preview of the 2023 Winter of Sports. Yes, we are back going to be doing football again, but this time it is going to be the NPL New South Wales Women's Competition. One of the biggest feeder competitions to the A-League Women's Competition and a critical aspect of the landscape of women's football, especially considering that this year is a World Cup year. Not only that, a World Cup that will be played in Australia and New Zealand. Joining me once again here tonight is our fellow resident goalkeeper, our head of women's sport, and one of Kissing Point's finest, the Queen herself, Georgia Lomish-Fitter, and good evening to you. Mate, the Queen. Oh, that's right. I'm the Queen of Northumber. I completely forgot about that. I haven't heard it in so long, but it is amazing to be back. Soccer season around the corner. Keen beans to get into it as per usual. And, of course, the mighty barbershop unit of Kissing Point FC ready to go for another year. Mate, we're ready to go. I've been brought on as a goalkeeping coach for the juniors for this season. So, hey, good things for the goalkeepers to come. Hey, hey we've always got to look out for the keepers union. Always, mate, always. Always, always yep. And I'll be... Um, I'll be back playing AL3s once again for CC Strikers and then my, my my voice is going to somehow end up for Manly United. God knows why they keep bringing me back. <laughs> so, But we do have a special guest with us tonight. We do. We do. And it's a very special one indeed. For those, for those of you who have been following Splinters and Triple H Sports, you'll know that we've been raving on about the culture that has been happening at Christie Park courtesy of the Northwest Sydney Spirit FC uh, FC. And it has been absolutely incredible to work with this club on producing content for you and for the greater footballing community. Tonight is no exception. Joining us tonight, the co-captain of the Northwest Sydney Spirit FC team, Aaron Pridmore. Good evening and welcome to Splinters. Hello, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. This is now, once again, this is your first time doing radio and podcasts. This is going to be a bit of a, this is a bit of a bucket item list ticked off for you. Yeah, I reckon I've always wanted to do a podcast. I always listen to them and I'm excited to give it a shot. Any, any that you would have uh, enjoyed listening to and any that we need to sort of try and match in terms of quality, which we will probably struggle at. Oh, another soccer one is Born Offside. Uh, my mate Olin Teckers is on that one, which I like to listen to. And then a bit of a funny one as well is just the Inspired Unemployed. <laughs> I do know the Inspired Unemployed. Yes. <laughs> it's a very, very good podcast indeed. And as for being born offside, well, Georgia, you and I are constantly berating the referee about how all every forward is offside. Hey, I spent my whole game doing that, to be completely honest. I don't know how I haven't gotten more red and yellow cards than I already have. Um, because, ref, it's always offside, mate. If it goes in, it's offside. Clearly. Oh, completely agree. And I think Aaron being a set and back would probably agree with that as well. 
Yeah, 100%. I'll always back the keeper. And, yeah, I'm always putting my arm up for offsides. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have got – it's not 12 teams anymore, Georgia. It's 14 teams in NPL New South Wales women's this year. I know. Oh, tell me about it. We just keep adding to this competition. Fantastic to see. Means it's getting bigger and bigger, but means we have even more names to go through. Absolutely. And more opportunities for mistakes with some of the names that come out from time to time. We can guarantee you that. With that set, the referee is out in the middle. Pierre-Luigi Colina, of course, Georgia, our favourite referee of all time. Of course. Of course. And we are all set for play. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. I'm going to kick things off here tonight with our first team in alphabetical order. It is Apia Laika, coached by the legend himself in Spencer Pryor. They came second last year. Um, no transfers out, we believe, at this point. But Georgia, two big transfers in. Yep. So we have Sarah Hunter transferring in from F New South Wales Institute, Females in, uh, Football New South Wales Institute, and Shay Connors from Lions FC in NPL Queensland. So some very big names who I'm sure are going to bring a wealth of knowledge to the team. And Aaron Shay Connors coming into the team who has experience playing for the Brisbane Raw in the A-League women's coming into a very stacked lineup already. Yes, she is. Yep. She's a great player. She'll be a great asset to their team. Their team is is always good. They've always got some good names in their side, so she'll be a good asset to them. And uh, another name, Georgia, you know very well is going to be in there uh, and playing, not necessarily from the football side, but certainly from the cricket side in Alex Timms. I did see that name. I did see the name. She's actually been very quiet in the cricketing side for quite a while now. We don't really hear much of her, but... Yeah, hey, what can we say? Double threat. Elise Perry did it. I do it. Okay, well, not as amazing as Elise Perry, but <laughs> still she's she's in there. She's amongst it, and she is loud and proud always. And, of course, Erin, you've got the, the two big names that are still left in the in this lineup in Deborah Ann Delaharp and Princess Abini in this lineup. The, the strength of these two will make sure that Arpia will be competitive again, of course, they had that one year where they really threatened when they had Lisa Davana in the lineup. But th- this is a team that knows how to score goals and they're very tough all round. Yes, that's it. Uh, yeah, DA and Princess are a good little duo there. Um, they're very strong, so they're ones to look out for, definitely. Do we see, Georgia, do you see them as premiership contenders this year? I mean, they've always been very strong. They've had on and off years, let's be honest. But honestly, I think they could very well be in with a chance, especially with Princess Ibini in there as well. She's, you know, she's an amazing footballer and she, her name just seems to be everywhere nowadays. And Erin, I imagine you're, you're looking at this lineup and going, they will probably be there or thereabouts for finals. Yeah, they normally get pretty close. Um they're a good side again, and I think, yeah, they'll be very competitive. We then move on to Bankstown, the Bankstown City Lions, coached by Matt Costatini, who finished sixth last year, and Georgia, the transfers this year. All right, so we have one player transferring out, Emma Stanbury, relocated to Lismore. Fair enough, we won't hold that against her. And transfers in, we have Isabella Volkanovsky, 
Wow. Jeez, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm just impressed with myself. <laughs> From uh, NWS Spirit, we have Jess Frampton from Bankstown City and Rochelle Bromor- Bor- Boromeo. Sorry, we got there. Boromeo from Bankstown City as well. They're both coming into Bankstown City yeah. from Sydney, from Sydney Olympic. But uh, Aaron, this has been a club that's been on the growth for the last couple of years. We know that they had their challenges when they first came into NPL New South Wales Women's. But you had the sense that if they got through that first year, they were going to grow. Yeah, definitely. They definitely have grown. Every year they seem to get some more players which add to their strength. And, yeah, you definitely can't underestimate them. And, Georgia, a couple of names that will be of particular familiarity to yourself. Tiana Jabir, who's been part of the Bankstown City fold for a while, and Daisy Arrowsmith, formerly with the Northern Tigers. Yes, look, Daisy has been in and around the Tigers quite a while, obviously uh, down in Bankstown now. But, yeah, look, wealth, as as we know, wealth of knowledge, amazing players as well, come with a lot of background and insight into the game. So, again, wealth of knowledge, but will it be enough? I see this team growing, and I think, Georgia, they're going to be there or thereabouts from for finals. I just don't know if they've quite got enough yet. I, I think maybe another year for finals. I'd say mid-table somewhere, mid-table, but I don't know finals. Erin, your prediction for Bankstown City? Yeah, I think um, they'll definitely give it a good shot, but we'll have to see what they come up with this season. We then move to one of the two teams that has been promoted into the um, competition this year. It is Bulls FC. And Georgia, of course, this is the renamed Northbridge FC, North Shore Mariners. God knows how many name changes I want to go through. Uh, there's been a coaching change as well. Former Socceroo Grant Lee is no longer coaching them this year. They've been taken over by Jamie Gomez, uh, former FNSW Institute coach. They finished second in the league last year and got promoted. No transfers in, but plenty of players leaving for other pastures. Oh, sorry, actually a few players coming in, I should say. I was going to say, which one are you looking at? Yeah. No, plenty, plenty of players coming in. Mate, they have a wealth of um, of skill coming in. Look, they have Peter Tremis from Football New South Wales Institute, Avani um, Prakash as well, Amy Chisari, Gemma Ferris, Rachel Patterson, and also Nicola Ogil. What at- a lineup. Massive signing there, Aaron Nicola Orgill, and probably one of the signings of the year for this competition. Yeah, definitely. She's a, she's a great player. She's a very good asset. She's got a lot of experience under her belt, so she'll be very good for them. And the, the challenge here, Georgia, for, for Bulls FC is now going to be establishing themselves because they basically come in now as a full-blown academy lineup. This is not the Northbridge FC that we've been used to from the last couple of years, yo-yoing between this competition and FNSW1. This is now a very young team with Nicola Orgill, probably one of the most experienced players in the lineup. So where do we see them sort of panning out in all of this? I think around mate, possibly mid table. I, I don't I don't want to put them towards the bottom because if they are younger players, then they may very well run circles around other players in other teams as well. We don't know. Um 
I yeah, I would probably say mid mid table. I'm a little concerned that it might be a bit of a culture shock for them as well, especially being such a young team. But hey, if if they've carried themselves like they have in uh, the Football New South Wales League One, I think they'll be a okay. Erin, one of the the other challenges that they've had with Northbridge slash Northbridge Bulls slash Bulls FC, whatever you want to call them, has been the fact that there's been no stable home for them. Uh, the North, Northbridge Oval has not been used for them in quite some time. And the real question is going to be, if they're, they're going to be lining up with MacArthur, where are they going to be playing their games? Yeah, that's definitely up in the air. Um, no one's really sure about that one. It'll be hard for them to sort of, yeah, create a base around a home field. And speaking from your own experience, having that base just gives you that sense of familiarity instead of having to chop and change all the time. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you go to your home base and everything's there in your own club colours. Everyone's there to support you and it's that sort of, yeah, feeling of home. We then move on to the next academy team in the Emerging Jets. And this, Georgia, this is going to be the one of the big discussion points from this. The Emerging Jets last year finished 12th and last. And for a long time, this club has brought up the year, the rear of NPL New South Wales women's, bringing up the big criticism of the NPL system, which is the A-League clubs or the Institute having teams in this competition. Especially yeah. given that the emerging Jets have an embargo on being relegated. Yeah, honestly, if you if you ask me, being a any sort of emerging team and having to be relegated, I don't know about you guys, but I think that's kind of embarrassing. You have you have this major team behind you, the Jets, backing you, supporting you, but then. The fact that you keep being relegated and then coming back and then relegated again, like it, it ebbs and flows, it is quite concerning. Um, but honestly, we we don't see any transfers in or out as well. It's fairly it's a fairly stable group. I would like to see them come a little higher than last. This is the this is the big issue though, Aaron, and we saw it last year with this team where they were considering on average three point two goals a game, and two things come for mind that when when we when when I have seen the emerging Jets play over the last couple of years. First off, the travel hurts coming yeah. down from Lake Macquarie. First off, yeah, it's a lot of travel for them. I know when we travel there, it's only once in a season, but they do it a lot, especially when they have to go to Illawarra. It's hard for them. And especially being a young team as well, I think that could play a part. Well, that's almost a, that's almost an overnight stay down in the gong, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. It's a very long way. Not only that as well, but given the lack of quality that we've seen from this team over the last couple of years, at what point does football New South Wales pull the pin on protecting this team and say, you know what, if you're going to be in this competition, you're going to go through the same promotion and relegation process as every other club? Yeah, well, they've been in our competition for a few years now, so um, Football New South Wales must like them in there. It's good to have the young girls from Jets coming through. Um, yeah, I think it can be tough on them, but... They keep, they keep giving it a go. 
what's all you can really ask for them. And unfortunately, I don't see much happening um, from that. We then move on to the other significant uh, academy team, which is the Football New South Wales Institute. And Georgia, this time, there are the transfers coming out, as you would expect, given that the Football New South Wales Institute often runs players in their first grade team that don't go beyond the age of 20. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, I was going to say breeding round. It's probably not breeding round. That's probably the worst word to use. Um, but it, it is an area for the youngsters to develop their skills, to be seen, and then the opportunity to transfer out. And that's exactly what we have. So transfers out for Football New South Wales Institute. We have Maya Fernandez going to Sydney Olympic, Mary Stanek Floody to Northwest Sydney Spirit, Ella Abdul Masia to Northwest Sydney Spirit, Amelia Plummer to MacArthur Rams, Tegan Bertolicio to MacArthur Nicely Rams. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Proud moment right there. Uh, Maya Lobo to MacArthur Rams, Indy Bria to MacArthur Rams, and Sarah Hunter, as we know, to Apia Leichhardt. The, the impressive thing about the Football New South Wales Institute has been their ability, Aaron, to really produce high-quality players. And you know, a couple of years ago, I remember a very young Courtney Vine coming through this system before she went over to Sydney Olympic and then get her start with Sydney FC. For mine, there are two players now coming through that I'm keeping a very close eye on. One of them is Isabella Chidiak and the other one is Daniela Gallic. Yeah, definitely two girls to watch. Institute do a good job at, um, yeah, sort of raising these young girls up and in, putting them into the A-League and into the professional environment. So it's good to see the young girls coming through. Ella Buchanan had a very good year last year for the Institute. Um, probably will be expected to take on a, a bit of a bigger role, but there's already rumours going around that the A-League women's clubs are going to be keeping a close eye on her. Are there any players that you've you've seen from there from who may have started off at Northwest Sydney gone over to the Institute and you think, you know, they may be a chance of coming back? Um, I'm not too sure based off the names that I can see there. Um, I know in the past a lot of players have come from Spirit and then gone across the Institute and back to Spirit. I'm one of them as well. I spent a lot of time at Institute and then I've come back to Spirit. Um, so it's always good when when we see them coming back as well. Well, tell us about that, a bit about that experience as well, because it is a very different environment to playing for an MPL club, playing at the Institute. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was there um, from the, yeah, the under-13s right through to the under-17s. Um, yeah, it's it's a very full-on environment, but, yeah, I loved it. We developed a lot. They really help you there, and they pushed me further, which was really good. Anyone from your age group who's still playing today? Um, yeah, we've got like Demi Kulazakis. She's um, over at Perth at the moment, Perth Glory. Um, a couple of girls is Hannah Bacon, Georgia Plessis, that are actually in Bankstown City this year. Um, I also we also had Ellie Carpenter. She went back when she was a lot younger. Oh, so, so, I'm yeah. sorry, some girl, some girl named Ellie Carpenter. That's it. Yeah, just the girl around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she came through the institute. She was the year below me, and obviously, yeah, she got taken up very young, which was awesome for her. It's like it's like your experience, Georgia, with cricket, getting to play with uh, some girl coming through by the name of Stella Campbell. 
Mate, I still remember being clipped in the Achilles tendon by Stella just after she had started playing uh, with New South Wales and it hurt. It, it really hurt figuratively and literally. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, think yeah. there are, I think there are a few guys who probably wouldn't want to face up to Stella, let's face it. So. Mate, uh, any, anybody at Triple H, I can guarantee you, all of our guys talk the talk, but they would never do walk the walk. No, they, no. They, would, they would run. Absolutely. The other thing, obviously, to consider, Aaron, with the Football New South Wales Institute is that while they are younger in terms of age, and I've seen them play quite a few times, incredibly quick team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very quick on the ball and off the ball. I know that's one thing they drive at Institute is being very quick and sharp and that you can definitely see that when you verse them. And uh, we won't do a prediction for the Football New South Wales Institute because you really you never know what you're going to get. So we'll leave that one there. We're going to go to team number six in alphabetical order. It is one of the other teams that's being promoted into the competition for Football New South Wales 1, Georgia. It is the Glazeville Ravens, and they've been fairly quiet on the transfer market. Firstly, what a name, Gladesville Ravens. Haven't heard the Ravens since the NFL, but love that it's coming into, uh, into NPL and Football New South Wales and all of that. That's fantastic. Look, yeah, as you said, incredibly quiet. Um Gemma Woolley has unfortunately transferred out to the Northern Tigers and transfers in. We have Jess Wooten from the Interlions, and that was actually in the middle of last season as well. It was a great season for the Glazeville Ravens last year, Aaron. You wouldn't have had the opportunity to play against them, but they, you do share the home, your home ground at Christie Park with them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we both share Christie Park, um, which is good and interesting at the same time. But, yeah, from what parts that I saw last year and um, things that I've heard, they're a very good side and they've deserved to come up. They, they have been known to be a very strong attacking team. Um, the, the loss of Gemma Woolley is going to hurt them because she was one of the standouts up front for the, for the Ravens, Erin. Yeah, from what I've seen and heard as well, she was a big part for their team but I'm sure they could fill it as well with they've got plenty of other names there. But, yeah, she's she's definitely a critical part to their team. There's one other rumour that's going around with with this team at the moment, and it's with Jess Wooden going over to Glazeville Ravens. It's only a rumour at this point in terms of what I'm about to say, but it is one we're going to keep a very close eye on, and it's a player you've probably seen throughout the traps in Chloe O'Brien, who, of course, left Manly United, went over to Inter Lions with Jess Wooden, that ended up being an unmitigated disaster for resulting in just making the mid-season transfer over to the Gladesville Ravens. The two of them are very close. Is there a chance that Chloe could end up showing up for the Gladesville Ravens? And if she does, what impact could she have with the Ravens? Yeah, I'm not too sure about Chloe O'Brien. I haven't heard much of where she is at the moment. Um, but, yeah, she's a top player. She's got a lot of experience as well, especially being playing in the A-League and should be a critical part if they do get her. But, yeah, yet to see where she will go. I'm very curious to see what will happen with that. Having said that, I imagine I'm probably going to get a phone call at some point after this podcast goes out from her going, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Which, uh, Georgia, wouldn't be the first time that Splinters has been under scrutiny for, for showing rumours off. Well, I'm not even going to go there, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. Is, are the Triple H lawyers on, on to us at the moment? 
I think they're onto you, but yeah. <laughs> we move on to the last team is the Illawarra Stingrays and Georgia. This is this is an easy one for you. I don't think there's any transfers. Nope, nothing. <laughs> there's not nada, nada to be confirmed. Um, so stay tuned, and I might be able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well. Aaron, this is a team that you know, a few years ago were one of the absolute powerhouses, but we've seen that this team hasn't really evolved that much over the last couple of years. And I think last year was probably the biggest struggle in some time. And you know, discussions about whether it's the lack of renewal or their lack of alignment in terms of their positioning with other similar clubs in the area. Yeah, I think they're they're quite um, on their own down there in Illawarra, um, but they're always a strong team. Again, you can never really underestimate them when you come up to verse them. They've got a lot of uh, experience in there amongst the likes of Caitlin Cooper and Michelle Carney. So, yeah, you can never really underestimate them. Georgia, it, it is it is always a bit of a challenge going down to uh, JJ Kelly Field down in um, down in the Illawarra. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned obviously Caitlin Cooper, Michelle Carney's the biggest name there, but again, this is one of these teams where you'd have to think at, at some point the renewal is going to have to kick in with Illawarra, and it's something you get the feeling they may struggle with. I think they may actually struggle quite a bit this season. I mean, last year they were eighth, which is fairly valiant was, which is a fair valiant effort. Um, but considering they haven't got any transfers in or out. That's more concerning for me than anything. Uh, you, you obviously want to be promoting your club. You want to be getting players in. You want to be scouting players as well. So the fact that that hasn't been happening, kind of, it 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 tells me that maybe they've been rebuilding in a sense and don't quite want to bring others in just yet because of the rebuild stage. But I'm, I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure. But it might be a bit of a rough year. We'll have to see what happens and hopefully they can turn the form around that they were showing towards the end of last year. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to have the second half of our preview of the MPL New South Wales Women's Competition for 2023 right here on Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Your local RSL is at the heart of every community and there is none better in the Hornsby-Karingai area than the Hornsby RSL. Whether you're planning a major event, dinner with family or friends or having a quiet night at your local, Hornsby RSL is the place to be. Rediscover what enjoying life is all about with regular weekly events, special entertainment and some of the best eateries in Sydney, we have you covered for a great night out. As always, drink responsibly. 
Support the club that supports. Come to Hornsby RSL at 4 High Street, Hornsby or get in touch on 94777777 and at hornsbyrsl.com.au. The Hornsby RSL, proud station sponsors of Triple H, 100.1 FM. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look Sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Looking for a fun night out with family and friends? Then come to the hidden gem in the Hornsby Coringai area, The Attic. Located inside Hornsby RSL, The Attic provides all the fun and excitement you can expect from a bowling and arcade bar in an intimate location that ensures a real gaming experience for everyone. With four 10-pin bowling lanes, Australia's first augmented reality bowling experience and a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, The Attic is the place to let your inner child run wild. So make sure you book your next night out at The Attic at 4 High Street Hornsby. Call them on 94777777 or book via their website at theattichornsby.com.au. The Attic, part of Hornsby RSL, station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. Anthony Caruso here with Georgia Lomish Funeral and our special guest Aaron Pridmore from Northwest Sydney Spirit. And we're previewing the 2023 MPL New South Wales Women's Competition, the main competition feeding in to our teams in Sydney, or indeed right around Australia, for the A-League women's. We've just gone through our first seven teams in alphabetical order, and it's now time to go to team number eight. It is MacArthur Rams, coached by Stephen Peters and Georgia. Unlike our previous team in the Illawarra Stingrays, there's been a bit of activity down in Linwood Park. There has been a bit of activity. I mean, not much movement, but uh, but more movement than our previous team, that's for sure. So, look, for our transfers out, we have Kylie Ledbrook, who has uh, gone on to greener pastures in retirement. We also have Paddy Charalumbus to NPL Victoria Women's and Holly Williams to Football New South Wales 1. In transfers in, we have Amalia Plummer from Football New South Wales Institute, Tegan Butolicio from Football New South Wales Institute, Maya Lobo from Football New South Wales Institute, and Indy Bria from I think we can I think we get the picture with uh with where she's from with all four of those amazing players coming from the same team. Now, Aaron, this is this has been something that's we've been saying has been due to happen for some time with the MacArthur Rams. Uh they've often been a powerhouse, known for being a very physical team, love to get up in your face when when they play. But over the last couple of years, although they've had that particular strength, the last the thing that we've been noticing is that this team has been slowly getting slower and slower 
And it was a couple of years ago, they really did struggle to the point where you almost got the sense that they were going to be at risk of relegation. They improved last year, but losing Kylie Ledbrook, Patty Sharalambos and Holly Williams, that's going to leave a massive dent in this lineup. And they've finally gone for some youth, but only because they're under t- their reserve grade team, their under 20s or under 18s, haven't been that strong as of late. Yeah, I think the MacArthur Rams are always a strong team. You're right, they're very physical. Um, They have had a lot of players come through over the past years, which I think now obviously we're seeing them sort of moving on with their lives. Um, It's good to have you see them bring in the young girls from Institute. Um, But, yeah, they're always a strong team. But, yeah, I think because they've always had an older team, now things are going to start to change there. And, and I think the biggest loss they've got there is Patty Sharalambas, who's been backwards and forwards from the NPL to the A-League women's. Uh, her last attempt, obviously, out with Perth Glory, came back to, to MacArthur Rams. She's now gone down to Victoria to, tr- to go through their system, and I think she's trying to line herself up to get a game, I think, with Western United. Yeah, I think so. Um, she'll be a big loss to them as well. She's very uh, talented and has a lot of history in the game as well. So that'll be a bit of a loss for them. But, yeah, props to her for going to Victoria. Georgia, they came third last year. There's a bit of renewal going on. Will they main, Do you think they will maintain their position or do you think they're going to need a year to consolidate and then have go for another crack? I mean, sometimes players and and teams can come straight back in and, again, make these changes and go straight to the top. I don't know if it's going to be that simple. Um, They may actually make make these changes and be able to see these improvements throughout the season. I'm thinking maybe mid-table. So this is going to be their rebuild year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll see We'll see how we go there, but I think that's probably going to be fair enough for them. We then come over to Manly United, coached by Tom Hopley, and no transfers in, but, geez, the transfers out this year, Georgia, is going to hurt. Oh, mate, tell me about it. This is going to be an interesting one. Sorry, sorry, hold on. Cut. Which team? Manly United. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> And three, that, but I read the wrong thing. <laughs> no, that's okay. And three, two, one. Yeah, look, as you said, Caruso, the transfers out, they are going to hurt. So tra- transferring out, we have Jane Vanzimo uh, moved to Canberra. Yuka Honda returned to Japan. Misha Westland to Adelaide United and Holly Doran to QPR. Now, that's the big one for me, Aaron. Polly Doran went down to Melbourne, um, returned to Melbourne to go for a quick stint with Melbourne Victory and then got signed up by Queen's Park Rangers to play in the English League. What a signing that is for the, for the young Victorian. Yeah, that's awesome to see her go over there. She's a great player, has lots of talent, so it's good to see her get that signing. And for me, I think the biggest tragedy of the lot is Yuka Honda, who had her issues, I think, with injury and homesickness when she came out to play for Manly United. But I think you got a little bit of a glimpse with her. When she was at her best, she was she could have been the best striker in the competition. Yeah, she was a very good asset to them. She was a very quick player. 
um, very strong on the ball, had a great shot on her. So, yeah, that will be sad to see her go. But, yeah, she's a fantastic player. And, Georgia, th- this Manly team, we thought that they were going to struggle to avoid relegation last year. To a large extent, they defied expectations. They finished a very credible seventh. But there was one record they had throughout the year, which you'll see straight off the bat in the, the notes we had, that really did hurt them. Sorry, i got to find it. <laughs> oh, my God, it's been a big day. Where are we? Sorry, I'm not usually like this. I will say that. <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Manly oh, yeah. United, the paragraph underneath their lineup. Overachieved last year, they could have finished a lot higher if it wasn't for their 10. Ah, yep, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Three, <laughs> three, two, queuing. Yeah, the uh, the one record you never want in in any soccer competition because it does hurt the points. It really does. Their record was 10 draws. Oh, oh, that hurts. That hurts. It uh, hurts. And, 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 and what hurts even more is that seven of the draws came from goals that they've conceded in the last 10 minutes that ended up denying Manly a win. Oh, mate. Oh, seriously. That, as a goalie, we all know those last few minutes is when you really have to switch on because that's when everyone is going to be pushing their hardest, especially the other team. If, they're, if they are, you know, one down, two, well, whatever it may be, that's when they're going to be pushing the hardest. And Aaron, I, I do remember because one of those games was against Northwest Sydney at Cromer Park, where you snatched the you snatched the draw with about five minutes left. Yes, we did. Yep, definitely remember that game. Um, both teams pushed right to the end for that one, but yeah, we managed to sneak one in right at the end, which was good for us. <laughs> now, the the biggest issue that they've had with this with the team for a while uh, has been two things. First off. And this is one you could probably talk to being co-captain and also being a central defender is game management in the last 10 minutes. Now, how hard is that for you to be taught and then for you to then teach to other players? Yeah, it's definitely the hardest part of the game, especially when it's a close game, say like one goal between or a draw. Um, it's definitely something that, yeah, you've got to work on at training and, um, before games and getting that mentality right. So you're pushing through right through the whole 90 minutes of the game. And and that sort of that playing under fatigue, you know, trying to make sure you don't make a mistake in those last 10 minutes, uh, it, it's hard. And you could you could imagine, you know, playing on a field like Chroma, like Chroma Park as well, which in terms of dimensions is what is the biggest in NPL. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everyone talks about playing at Chroma. <laughs> it's uh, definitely a big field. You get your kilometres up for sure. Um, but, yeah, definitely the last 10 minutes of the game is hard, especially at Chroma, especially in the back line as well. Um, you don't want to let any goals in, of course. But, yeah, always a tough one there. Oh, shit. I've uh, – oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I'd actually disconnected for a moment and I came back. So. I was like, don't touch anything, shit. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Aaron, for continuing on because you actually just saved our bacon there because mm-hmm. I'd actually DC'd. Yeah, mine was orange. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Are you still there, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Thank, 
God for that. I, yeah, I saw something come up. I didn't know what it was. Oh, <laughs> we, we just keep going. Yeah, keep going. You just you did incredibly well. All right, picking back up in three, two, queuing. You're too right with the situation around Chroma Park. Like you, you get your kilometers in when you're when you're playing on Chroma Park itself. Georgia, they came seventh last year. Some would say they overachieved, but with the loss of those players, the lack of a genuine number nine in this lineup, you really start to get worried, especially with the fact that there are rumors going around that they may not even see the likes of Ali Green and Carly Johnson this year either. Are they in the firing line for relegation? I'd hate to say it, but they quite possibly are. I mean, especially we, we, as you said, you mentioned the players who may or may not be there, but just the 10 draws. That, <laughs> as a goalkeeper, that baffles me. How can we have 10 draws? Seriously. I mean, and that's, what, almost 30 points you could have missed out on if you had just kept that, that, that win. Um, my maths isn't the best. Uh, but still, look, I, I think we could be close to relegation. I would hate to see it for a club so close to your heart, Caruso, but I'd hate to say it, it could be. We then move on to the Northern Tigers. Uh, moving on to North Taramara, Georgia, your hometown. And correct me if I'm wrong, this, this is actually within walking distance of your place, isn't it? Well, that, that, that's a bit of a hike. Um, but technically everything is within a walking distance, just it's how far you're willing to go. Um, a 15-minute drive is much more pleasant than... Yeah, I can, Im- I can imagine. If you ask me, especially in the middle of winter. Just, yeah, just, this is, just Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, very quiet on the transfer market for them, but then probably don't need to considering how strong this lineup is. I mean, the Northern Tigers have always been a very um, strong lineup, no matter... What's happened? They always seem to rebuild in a sense as well. And I mean, we also have one transfer in with uh, Gemma Woolley from Gladesville Ravens coming into the squad as well. But look, as I've said, very strong uh, side. The development from the younger younger levels of the girls through Northern Tigers is impeccable. I am wondering how much it will affect them by losing Ailey McKay. Uh, but honestly, I, I think it's it's still going to be a good year. I, I do sound a little bit biased being a former Northern Tigers player myself many years ago, but honestly, I, I think they're on the right track. I think they're staying on the right track. And that, that loss of Hayley McKay is going to hurt because she's been the heart and soul of that women's program with the Northern Tigers for a number of years, but she is on to bigger and better things, of course, now working with FIFA. And, and... Kissing Point Football Club's Premier League. That's a huge huge signing. She has been named head coach, to which I saw that and my jaw almost hit the floor. (laughs) That's not a bad pickup, is it, Erin? Who who have you announced as your new coach? Ellie Mackay. Yeah, that's that's a big name. So that's good for them. Good for Tigers to see her there. The... The Tigers have got a very strong core in this here, headed up in particular by the the likes of Hannah McNulty, Maddie Bart, and Shadeen Evans, uh, along with Isabella Isabella Gomez coming in. Gemma Woolley up front is going to add some firepower to this team. 
And Aaron, this is a this is a lineup that is a bit of an excitement machine at times. Yeah, it is. They have a great culture amongst their team and they also have a lot of speed as well. So they're always a tough team to come up against. So I'm looking forward to playing them this year. Georgia, another one that I think could be contenders, I think definitely in the shake for finals at least. Oh, oh you're going to back – hang on, what am I saying? You're going to back the girls in, aren't you? No comment. <laughs> no, no comment. Uh, typical. Losing, right? Typical. <laughs> All right, we'll just assume we're backing the girls in. Let's just move on from there. We've got to move on now to the Northwest Sydney spirit. Aaron, this is your time to shine. First off, before we do that, though, Georgia, the transfers, and a few of them in, but, gee, some good signings for this. There are a lot of signings for this as well. So transfers out, Sunny Franco to MPL Queensland Women's, Isabella, I said it so well the first time. Watch me not do it the second time. Volkonovsky, yep, that wasn't as good. Good enough. Yeah, <laughs> to, to Bankstown City and Rachel Patterson to Bulls FC Academy. Transfers in, we have Emily Jensen from Sydney University. We have Rola Buddy, Buddy, Bad, I, what? Badawia. Oh, man, I butcher these. From Sydney University, Mary Stanick Flo- Floody from New South Wales Institute and Ella Abdul Zia from New South Wales Institute. Jeez, Aaron, Tiana Gauchi has not held back with her signings this year. Those four yeah. signings are quality. Yeah, they definitely are. Yep. She's brought across some great talent. Um, we got some good goal scorers, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's very good to see on our behalf. And, and tell us, talk us through it a little bit here, because you're sharing the captaincy this year with um, the legend herself in Nat Tobin. Um, and the biggest thing to come out of this out of this lineup has been how good the culture has been over the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Um, the culture at Spirit is great. We've had a lot of girls that have been there for a very long time. And especially this year, we've got a lot of the youth players coming up into the senior squad, which is awesome as well for the culture. Um, but yeah, on the field, off the field, we're a very close bunch and the coaching staff is there to support us all the time as well. The One of the real standouts over the last couple of years following her move to get a real go in first grade, Sophie Harding, uh, she really came of age last year, rewarded with an A-League women's contract, and she's just gone on from strength to strength. Yeah, Sophie's worked really hard to get into the A-League, which is awesome to see. Um, again, she's always putting an effort. She's always there at training. She's always getting around the girls. So it's great to see her make that next step into the A-League consistently. Now, we've had a bit of the, uh, we've had a bit of the pleasantries about the team. We now come to the juicy part. As you know, we pride ourselves on players being thrown under the bus. And this is your opportunity. I know you're co-captain, but this is your opportunity to do it. So first off, a couple of questions about this squad. Biggest pest? Ooh, biggest pest? Probably Morgan Roberts. Yep. What has she, what she done? <laughs> What has she done? No, no, she's a great player, but she's yeah, always trying to be the little cheeky one out there, always trying to make the coaches laugh and get away with things, which is a good as, as, um, good aspect to the team. 
it would would it be fair to sh- say as well that her her chat or her chirp is just horrendous as well? Oh or is yeah, it genuinely yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, some, look, sometimes it's funny. She she thinks she's funny all the time, but she's going to kill me for saying this on this podcast. But no, she's um, a great great asset to the team, which is good. Uh, the next question now, because of course, the um, one of the great things you're going to be doing this year, which is going to be a little bit different from everyone else in the women's, is that your games are moving to Saturday. Yes, they are. Yep. So yeah, all of our home games will be at a sat on a Saturday, and we will play before the men's first grade, which is awesome. So we'll get a bigger crowd there supporting us from the men's team, and we'll get to support the men's team as well, and it be great culture around us on a Saturday. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. That's going to be absolutely cracking day out at um, down at Christie Park whenever you have that happening there. Given that, it now means that your Saturday nights are now open. So tell me, which player from this team is the one you have to watch out for on the circuit? Oh, well, you de- definitely got to watch out for Rachel Perrins. Um, yep, she's really looking forward to the Saturday games. It means she'll enjoy her Saturday nights a lot more. <laughs> She hasn't done any. She hasn't done any of the cheeky try to turn up after a night a night out, has she? But you could you could maybe get a little hint. Oh yeah, no comment with that one. But <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I, I like it. Um, the teacher's pet. Oh, the teacher's pet. Um, I'd say definitely um, Katie Offer. Yep. She she likes to definitely do what T what T says and always there to help out T and always first to training and yeah definitely the uh, teacher's pet. Oh, hey, nothing wrong with the teacher's pet because they generally become the teacher or the coach. So, <laughs> oh, so there's a fo- future coaching gig there for for Katie Offer. Do you think Georgia? Quite possibly, quite possibly. Tiana Gauchi, if you're listening in, get Katie a coaching contract right now. <laughs> Make it make it happen. Um, now the one I the one I always love to do. Yeah, you got a long drive out. You're going out to Illawarra. Often you carpool. Who are you getting in the car with? Who are you not getting in the car with? Uh, I think. Look, I definitely I'd get in the car with Nat Tobin and Sophie Harding. That'd be a good laugh. Um, Nat loves a sing along, which is always good. Um, yep. Yeah, but probably wouldn't get in the car with Morgan. <laughs> Morgan Roberts. Morgan Roberts. <laughs> Long is drive it, is, with that one. But... Is it just the painful chat or is there something about her driving you just go, uh, uh, maybe, no? No, definitely, yeah. She's, she loves a chat, which is always great, but maybe she'll talk my ear off, I think. <laughs> that sounds like... Um... That sounds like how some people would feel about being in the car with me, George, or is it something else? No comment. No comment? <laughs> no, thanks. Great to know I've got your back, uh, that you've got my back. I'm not going to throw you under the bus just yet. Just yet. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> now, we we have a segment on our show we love to do when we do an interview of any player, Erin, called Drop and Give Me 20. We're not going to put you through that tonight because we won't have time for it. But of all the players there, we've already taken Sophie Harding through it. Who would you offer up to do drop and give us 20? Oh, it, sound, it sounds pretty tough. 
It's, think 20. of it. Have you? Do you remember the old Top Gear when they used to do the star yep. and the reasonably priced car? Think of it like that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'd probably offer up Ella Buchanan. Ella Buchanan. Yeah, something different. Like yeah. Yeah. What What can we expect from her? Um, she was quiet at first, but once you get to know her, she's um very loud and cheeky, and she's very quick on the field and, um, yeah, she's one to watch, that's for sure. George, I think we're going to have to make this happen. I honestly, I am all for it, mate. All yep. for it. All right. Ella Buchanan, you have been called out for to drop and give us 20. Do <laughs> Ella you accept Buchanan. the challenge? Ella Buchanan, please respond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> please join us on Triple H Sports on Facebook. Uh, and after that very cheeky plug, we better move on to our – well, before we do that, we've got our predictions. Now, obviously, Aaron, you're backing the girls in, aren't you? You're going all the way this year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, now we've got yeah great, great new coaching staff with Tiana and all the other staff that we've got. Um, and we've got heaps of new girls coming through, which is awesome to see. Georgia, your your prediction for Northwest Sydney, they finished ninth last year. I can already see them genuinely being one of the big improvers this year. Mate, completely agree. I'm thinking top, top of table. I'm thinking top of table. I mean, just the way, you know, we, we've heard how the teams come together, the camaraderie and everything. I, I, I'm thinking contenders for finals. You're saying top four? Yeah, top four. Top four. I like it. I like it. We move on now to Sydney Olympic and, uh, wow, some big transfers here. And Georgia in particular, a returning champion. So let's go through the transfers out and then leave the returning champion for last. Returning champion. My name's not there, Caruso. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So I'll I'll, I'll save my comedy for, uh, for the circuit, shall I? All right, so look, transfers out for Sydney on the big. We have Jess Frampton to Bankstown City, Rochelle Borromeo Romeo to Bankstown City, Jada Pathisian Wyam to Sydney FC. As we know, uh, amazing goalkeeper. What can I say? Transfers in. We'll skip the top name. Uh, Courtney Newbin from Sydney University, Brianna Olivrio from Sydney University, Ash Irwin. You guessed it, Sydney University, Maya Fernandez from Football New South Wales Institute, and Charlie Ikonomu from Newcastle Jets. Should we but say the, the we big say, one? Go for it. Teresa Polias returning from maternity leave. This Erin, this is massive. Teresa Polias is back. Yes, she is back. It's great to see her come back into the mix. Um She's definitely a quality player, has lots of history in the game, so it's good to have her back. And I, I think, Georgia, what is most significant about this as well is that she's one of the few women who has actually taken advantage of the new position with the FFA in giving them the opportunity to go on maternity leave, start a family, and still be able to come back and play football at a decent level. Yeah, look, we've started to see, see these uh, different policies coming in across various different sports as well. Cricket Australia, Cricket New South Wales have them too. But fantastic to see them utilising it as well, still having their contracts there and still having the support available for when they come back too. So 
fantastic to see. And she also follows me on social media. So just oh, just just give yourself a wrap while you're at it, don't I you? Shall, I shall. I was like, let's just sprinkle some love over that, shall we? Make it a little bit juicy. Oh, absolutely. Of course, uh, who knows? And you know, a good season here might see her back in the Sydney FC fold. Quite possibly. It's a, it's a strong lineup from Sydney Olympic once again. They they were made to struggle though, Aaron, last year because of some shenanigans at the start of the year involving losing players due to A-League women's, due, the, due to the Matildas uh, and to COVID, which meant that a number of their games got pushed back to the end of the season. I think yours might have been included in one of them and it resulted in them having to play eight games in the last four weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah, it was very tough for them, yep. So they had a, a lot of games in a short amount of time, which was very tough for them. Um, but once again, they're a strong team. But, yeah, for any team playing that many games in a short period of time is tough. And, Georgia, I can just imagine that uh, I think Football New South Wales is now going to turn around and say, yeah, you're not pulling that stunt again this year. <laughs> what, COVID? Wouldn't know what you're talking about, mate. No, no, totally not. Totally not. (laughs) No, no, I think with uh, quite a bit more normality nowadays as well, I don't think we'll be seeing the big rush that we did with Sydney Olympic last year to try and get, you know, games played and everything. So I think think if we can just take a deep breath and relax, it will all be okay. There's one player that I'm very curious about to see if they're actually going to be playing this year because there's been no news about whether she is playing at this point, Erin. There's a player we've seen a little bit, not only through NPL New South Wales, it has popped up a couple of times in the A-League Women's, and it's Claudia Shalakian. Yeah, Claudia is a top player. Um, again, I haven't heard anything of where she might be this season, um, but who knows? She's always on the radar somewhere, so we might see her pop up somewhere soon. We haven't heard, but we'll keep an, eye, an ear out for her. Georgia, I, they finished fifth last year. They would have made finals except for that horrendous finish to the year with the eight games in four weeks. I think they're there or thereabouts to play for finals. Uh, I think the return of Teresa Polias will give them the leadership that they need as well. Mate, completely agree. I think I'm definitely thinking finals as well. Not necessarily taking it out, but definitely – in and in, in amongst the uh, the top four, in and amongst the group. And then we're going to finish off now with Sydney University and no confirmation of transfers in, but plenty of players leaving Sydney University. Oh, Sydney University, the alma mater. What can I say? Officially an alma mater now. I'm just going to put that one out there. But look, transfers out. We have Courtney Newbin to Sydney Olympic, Brianna Olivrio to Sydney Olympic, Ash Irwin to Sydney Olympic, to, and then Emily Jensen to Northwest Sydney Spirit, Rolla, Rolla Badaya. Badawia. Badawia. See, see, it's the pronunciation, mate. It's the, yeah. the, I ain't got it. To Northwest Sydney Spirit and Elise Jensen return to Canberra. Yes. So uh, for those who don't know, the uh, Elise and Emily Jensen, of course, they are sisters. Um, Emily Jensen has gone over to Northwest Sydney Spirit. And, um, Aaron, you've seen a bit of her. Great little defender um, and midfielder in her own right. Yeah, she's a great player. She's got a lot of uh, speed and some great quality that she's brought across to our club. Um, her Elise Jensen is her little sister. So she's gone back to Canberra working out what they're going to do. But don't write her out just yet. 
There's been a significant change though um, at this uh, at this team now. So the coaching has there's been some changes uh, in particular. They've maintained their main coaching staff. There's been a lot of player movements with this with this team. They are the defending champions though. And Aaron, whenever you come up against Sydney University, it has been just the overall class of this team, especially considering that they only conceded six goals last year. Yeah, they're a very well-disciplined team, Sydney Uni. Um, they're always one to watch. They're very quick with the ball, very physical. It's always a tough competition when we come up against them. Georgia, you share uh, some of the resources at University's Women's Cricket with the Sydney University uh, Soccer Football soccer football Club. Uh, how much overlap do you get to see between those two clubs in terms of training and sharing of resources and coaching? Coaching, none, because cricket and soccer are very different. Uh, in terms of facilities, yeah. I mean, the only time we ever really see them is at the beginning of the cricket season, end of the soccer season, basically the end or the beginning of the seasons. I know when cricket starts, we're generally seeing their coaches meeting with new possible players. Um, they're generally pretty young players as well from what I've seen, or I'm not trying to be ageist. Um, but that, that's basically all we see of them. I know we will see a few um, maybe youngsters, the academy kind of coming through the ranks, players uh, training on the oval and all that kind of thing as we're coming into training. But, yeah, we, we really don't have that much of an overlap. Oh, fair enough. It's, it's going to be – I've always found it a bit fascinating in, in terms of that uh, that area down there. One player I've also got an eye on there as well as Kate Stanbridge who did – who is an ex-Manly junior, went over to Sydney University, is growing very well down there at the moment. It's one to to watch as well. The They are a strong team, Georgia. You'd have to say, despite losing Roller, Emily, Courtney, Brianna and Ash, they always manage to generate players. Where do, they, where do we see them going this year? Honestly, I'm thinking finals because they just seem to find players from left, right and centre. No one knows where all these people are coming from, but they seem to pull them out of nowhere. So I'm honestly thinking finals are at least top four. And Aaron, to finish off, your prediction for Sydney University? Yeah, I think they're always a strong team. They always tend to finish near the top of the table. So I think they might give it another crack this season. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our preview of the NPL New South Wales Women's Competition for Season 2023. Uh, my thanks to the Northwest Sydney Spirit Club for, for joining us here. We will be having a, an episode of Park the Bus with uh, a special towards the Northern Tigers in a couple of weeks' time. But in the meantime, I do want to thank Aaron Pridmore for joining us. Thank you so much for your time tonight, and we wish you all the best for this season. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time on the show and I'm looking forward to my season ahead as well. Thank you. Georgia, a pleasure having you back on back on Splinters. It's been a while, but um, hopefully we'll have you back on before you, we know it. And I think the next time you'll be on is to wrap up Women's Premier Cricket for the year. Yeah, look, I think that's the go. No, thank you for having me. It's been a while, as you said, but um, no, fantastic to finally pull away from all the teaching and lesson plans and all of that and kind of get my head back into sport, which is, which is what I love. 
Oh, it's the, it's the great escape from life in general. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Aaron Pridmore and George Olomish Funer, and I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.